Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. We have a fun little topic. Today, we are talking about tea, and I think the world is divided into two types of people, the ones who love tea and really appreciate the flavor of tea and the soothing effect that it can have on the body and mental health and that whole ritual of sipping on tea. And then there are the ones who feel like it's dirty water. They don't understand what the whole hype is. And they're just kind of like, nah, I'm good with my coffee. Well, if you're in that second group, stick around still, because I want to make sure that you get all the information about tea. And maybe by the end of today's show, you'll convert to not, not a tea lover necessarily yet, but maybe someone who's open to trying tea and seeing what it could do for you as a person with PCOS. And actually, today's episode is one that came from you, my listeners. I recently put up a poll on Instagram about episode ideas and what kind of things you want to learn more about. And the topic of what are the best teas for PCOS was the most popular. So here we are. Now, I love talking about tea for a few reasons. I love both tea and coffee equally, and I don't discriminate. I try all types of different teas. And recently I've been into loose tea and just kind of experimenting with what works best for me. But the reasons that I love tea are numerous. So I think that it's one of those things that is really diverse. Everyone can find something that they like, and it's also super affordable. So whether you like loose tea, black tea, green tea, herbal tea, it doesn't really matter. There's something for everyone. And generally speaking, it's something that you can find easily in a regular grocery store. And it's you know, very affordable. Of course, if you're a tea aficionado and you're like really snobby about your tea and you go and find very exotic, expensive, fancy teas, all power to you, more power to you with that, but you don't have to. And there are many different traditional over-the-counter kind of pedestrian, more, you know, available tea types and brands that are just as good and have some benefits. So we're going to talk about that today, but I think that it's not a surprise that tea has played such a big role in culture and medicine, Eastern medicine, mostly in tradition for thousands of years in many different cultures, because it's not just a drink, it's an event in a lot of different cultures. So if you are of Indian descent or Asian descent, or, you know, if you're British, right, the afternoon tea ritual or Japanese tea ceremony, Moroccan mint tea tradition, literally, this is just to name a few. There are dozens of traditions and cultures where tea plays a really big role, and it's a central part of the customs and traditions. And so I think that's one beautiful thing about tea. In addition to this, tea has legit real health benefits and modern research and science are kind of now catching up to what ancient wisdom has been telling us for thousands of years. And there are studies now that show in the past few decades that the health benefits of various teas are real and there is evidence and proof to show the effect that it has on the body. 
And the majority of the effect, the positive health benefits of tea are related to something called polyphenols and catechins, which are antioxidants that are known to reduce inflammation and have tremendous health benefits especially relevant for PCOS. So we're going to talk about inflammation, insulin resistance, and testosterone specifically today because tea ties right back to beneficial effects for those things. And then, of course, we cannot ignore the mind-body connection that we have when we drink tea. So the ritual of brewing and sipping tea can be really meditative and help with relaxation and improving mental health and just be a soothing routine for a lot of people. And again, this is something that we see in traditional Chinese medicine and in Ayurveda, which is the traditional Indian medicine as a really big part and not just being a beverage, but tea playing a role as a healing remedy. And I love that. And if you're here, I know that you're looking to manage your PCOS more naturally and not necessarily rely on medications. And so tea can fit right into that. And so let's get into it. Okay. The first type of tea that I want to talk about is green tea. Green tea is known to be loaded with antioxidants. And if you've ever heard of EGCG, this is one of the antioxidants that's present in green tea, and it can really help reduce inflammation. Studies have shown that green tea can also help reduce insulin resistance. It can help regulate fasting blood sugar levels. And of course, both of those things are very relevant with PCOS, where 70 to 90% of women are dealing with a degree of insulin resistance. We also have some, but not, not many, but some studies that are showing that green tea can help with weight management because it can improve metabolism. It can help the body burn off fat. And it's important to know that green tea also contains caffeine. So a lot of people think that because it's green, it's caffeine free. It's actually not. It contains caffeine, but the type of alertness and focus that you get from the caffeine and green tea is different than the agitated, jittery type of you know, effect that coffee has. So that's one side note, but green tea does have caffeine and that can slightly increase metabolic rate, even in small doses. And so one thing that's important to know about green tea in the studies is that a lot of them use green tea extract or capsules, not necessarily sipping tea, but we do know that sipping green tea can have beneficial effects on your health, whether that's related to weight management or just reducing inflammation that can make a huge impact, a positive impact on your health. Now you may want to consider adding something like cinnamon, which is also aiding in blood sugar control. So just like another boost for your blood sugar to keep it stabilized, or maybe you add ginger to enhance the anti-inflammatory effect of green tea. But again, all of this stuff is going to have a weaker effect than taking a supplement or a capsule, which I actually don't recommend, but it's a nice addition to an already established anti-inflammatory lifestyle. So everything that we'll talk about today is not meant to replace eating a nutritious diet and movement and taking care of your stress and sleep and using the supplements that are right for your situation. This is just a cherry on top, something that you can add in order to optimize what you're doing and see even better results. So green tea is definitely up there as far as the healthiest tea, the most well-researched and something that can help reduce inflammation for PCOS. 
Now, it may be a good idea to try to find organic teas. You don't have to go with anything too pricey or fancy, but if you can find something where pesticides has not been used to grow the tea and you know that it's fairly clean as far as toxins, that would be ideal. And most stores would have those varieties. So it's something worth looking for either on the label of the package or on the website of the company from which you buy the tea. Next up is a tea that you've likely heard about or read about before in connection with PCOS, and that is spearmint tea. There is actually pretty good evidence behind spearmint tea, especially related to hirsutism or excess body and facial hair. And that's, of course, is usually a result of high testosterone levels. So we know that studies, although again, they were pretty small, but they're showing real promise here with spearmint tea. One study showed that drinking spearmint tea reduced both free and total testosterone levels in women with PCOS. So these are studies that were done specifically in women with PCOS, and they were shown to have less hirsutism after a month of drinking one cup of spearmint tea twice a day. Now, we want to be cautious here because some of these studies also showed that in addition to reducing testosterone, spearmint tea also caused an increase in LH and FSH levels. So those are both hormones that we want to keep an eye on with PCOS, especially the ratio between those two hormones. And so if you already know that you have high LH levels, you may want to be cautious and consult someone before starting to drink spearmint tea. But again, the recommendation is for one cup twice daily for best results. And spearmint is the regular mint tea that's sold in stores. So you can use bagged or loose leaf tea, or you can do what I do and you can steep mint leaves in hot water for three to five minutes and drink it. I love doing that. You may have seen me do it on social media, but basically I buy fresh mint in the herb section, right in the produce section of the store. I take a little bunch of them and I just wash it, I put it in hot water, I try not to do the stems, I just do the leaves, and your beverage will be green, gets like this really nice green color as the leaves steep in the hot water, and then sometimes I may add lemon or ginger or a cinnamon stick to it, and sometimes I just drink it like that. And you can absolutely, if you're not into hot tea, you can absolutely steep it and do a big amount, and then keep it in your fridge in a pitcher and just use it as iced tea, there's nothing wrong with that. But fresh leaves can be more potent than dried sometimes. And so just keep the amount to, I don't know, maybe a couple sprigs. And then if you're doing a tea bag, make sure again that it's good quality in some of the more reputable brands. I don't like when people buy tea in dollar stores or in random places where we're not sure what the quality, where the tea came from and what's actually in the product. So just make sure that you're cautious with that. But spearmint tea, for someone who's dealing with hirsutism, it needs time. It's not a magic wand, right? It's not a magic solution, but it's really worth to try and give it a month, give it two or three months. I would say that's probably enough time to know, first of all, if it's a sustainable habit that you can keep doing and if it's working for you. But I've had a lot of clients who were very skeptical about it and have seen great results. Again, in addition to other things, this is not the only thing that's going to help, but we want to make sure that you're doing it consistently before deciding whether or not it's working for you. Next up is red raspberry leaf tea, and we all know raspberries are super nutritious. They're a superfood. They have a ton of antioxidants, high in fiber, all the good stuff, 
But the leaves of the raspberry plant are also packed with antioxidants and nutrients, and those are used to make tea. So again, this is an herbal tea. It's caffeine-free, and traditionally, red raspberry leaf tea has been used to strengthen the uterine lining. It's commonly used with pregnant women during labor and delivery. And so for PCOS and the way that I think that it can be relevant here is it may help regulate PMS symptoms. So if you have a lot of pain, if you have cramping during that time, red raspberry leaf tea, not just then, but also throughout the month can help alleviate some of those issues. And again, we don't have a ton of studies supporting this, but there is good reason to believe that it would be helpful because the red raspberry leaf contains something called fragorine, which is a plant compound, a chemical in the plant that helps tone and tighten muscle in the pelvic area, and that can help reduce menstrual cramps. In addition to this, like I mentioned, there's a lot of antioxidants in red raspberry leaves, and that can also help reduce inflammation that is caused during your period or during the period before your period, right? You're, you're maybe one week before your period where you have heightened sensitivity to pain, right? So we have higher levels of something called prostaglandins during that time. And those are associated with increased menstrual cramps. So maybe a week before you're supposed to get your period or when you know you would usually have PMS symptoms, you sip on red raspberry leaf tea. It's delicious. First of all, it's herbal, it's natural. And again, there's likely no harm that can be done here. I'm not suggesting anyone is like connecting themselves to an IV of any of these teas and drinks them 24 seven, but adding one cup or two cups per day, I think can only have a positive effect. And at worst, it would not make a difference. And so just be cautious. Of course, we want to be reasonable and use it in moderation. We don't want to do it overdo it and kind of, you know, put ourselves in a situation where we're making a huge change out of nowhere. And so everything needs to be done gradually and in moderation, adding one to two cups during the time that you would usually have PMS symptoms. And during your period, if you're someone who struggles with cramping and pain can absolutely help. So red raspberry leaf tea, you can find it anywhere, including online. And again, delicious, natural, and very soothing. Our next tea is dandelion root tea. You may have seen it. You may have tried it before. Me personally, I think it's a little bitter. It's not my favorite. So if I drink it, I may add something to it. So I may do dandelion root tea and then add another tea bag of maybe chamomile or something else to offset some of the bitterness of this tea. But it does have huge benefits for liver support. And why is this important for PCOS? Well, because of estrogen levels. We need a good, strong liver that's fully functional in order to detoxify our sex hormones, specifically estrogen and testosterone, which can be recycled back into your body if they're not properly detoxified. And so we, of course, need to support our liver in many different ways, including eating cruciferous vegetables, getting in a lot of fiber, making sure that we have all the antioxidants in our diet and minimizing alcohol intake, right? Because when we drink a lot of alcohol, our liver is preoccupied with detoxifying the alcohol first because it presumes that it's a toxin, right? Alcohol is perceived as a toxin in the body. And so reducing alcohol intake can absolutely enhance your liver function. But going back to dandelion root tea, 
It can support your liver in doing its job. And one of the big jobs of your liver is detoxifying excess estrogen levels and excreting them from the body. And this ties back to PMS because when you have too much estrogen that's not properly detoxified, you can see more PMS symptoms, more inflammation. And oftentimes this can mean hot flashes. This can mean more cramping, general pain, and even insomnia. So if you're someone who has some of these symptoms, you may want to give dandelion root tea a try. Again, it's an acquired taste. It's not for everyone, but you may want to add something to it to make it more palatable and start with either half a cup or one cup per day and see how you feel, but give it four to six weeks. This is my minimum time that I'm asking everyone who works with me to give something a chance, right? Let's not decide too early. Give it four to six weeks. Be consistent as much as you can with it, and then you can decide if it's working or not. And last but not least is nettle leaf tea. Nettle leaf tea has several benefits that have been documented for PCOS, including reducing, you guessed it, testosterone levels. So a lot of these supplements and teas, so a lot of these teas are available in supplement form and vice versa. And many of them help with reducing testosterone levels. So for people who are dealing with acne, hair loss, hair growth, missing periods, they can be especially helpful. And nettle leaf tea is one of them. We also know that it's high in magnesium. It can help with muscle relaxation. It can help with blood sugar control, and it has detoxifying properties, which means it can reduce inflammation. Some studies, again, not many because tea and these compounds are unfortunately not researched that much, but some studies do show that nettle leaf extract and nettle leaf tea can reduce cysts on the ovaries. So the appearance of those fluid-filled follicles, they're not exactly cysts, they're fluid-filled follicles, and those are commonly seen upon ultrasound in PCOS. So some studies show a reduction in the size of those quote-unquote cysts, and so that can be beneficial. And we also know that nettle leaf can support adrenal function and regulating hormones as well as reduce fluid retention. So there are a few different benefits. Again, the best thing to do is really consult someone who knows you, your health, your symptoms, your history, and can recommend the best thing. You don't have to drink all of these every single day, but I would say that if you were to start with something and you're dealing with high testosterone levels and inflammation, so maybe you have acne, digestive issues, poor sleep, those types of things, Green tea and spearmint tea would be my top choices. And luckily they come together sometimes. So there are many different brands that sell spearmint green tea. So one tea bag, you kill two birds with one stone and it's perfect. These other ones are more specialized. So I would recommend, you know, not just seeking them out and starting to drink them on your own, but consult someone and work with someone who can really help guide you on that. So to summarize our episode today, teas can absolutely be a great addition to a healthy food plan. Much more research is needed, but again, I think one or two cups of any of these per day will not do harm. So it's a safe thing. Obviously they're sold everywhere in stores and online, and you can, you know, just try them on your own and see how it feels. Give them a few weeks. And the worst case scenario is that they'll do nothing for your physical health, but they will help your mental health because getting into that routine and ritual of sipping on tea, whether that's after dinner to relax before bed 
or in the morning to take 10 minutes of quiet time, that can still have a huge benefit. And so mental health is just as important, if not more so than your physical health. So tea can really fit in there. And I think that also because these are mostly herbal, they're decaffeinated. And so if you buy good quality, organic pesticide free varieties, it should be okay and totally safe. I want to thank you for being here and I hope that you found today's episode helpful and interesting. And again, if you took one minute to leave me a rating and a review, that would mean so much. So go ahead and do that and I will see you again next time. Bye for now.